The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. All right, welcome into the early morning edition. It is 2, I'm going to round up, 2.40 in the morning over here in lovely Cincinnati. Um, I just say that because I want people to know how hard we work. Anyways. Week 15, we're on to it. Let's rock. Okay, fresh off of perhaps the greatest quarterbacking show ever witnessed in a season dominated by passing, this game will shine out like a beacon. Rams, Bears, Goff, Trubisky, and the best quarterback in the game was Johnny Hecker. Eric, defense. Defense is back, baby. <laughs> let's, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, I, I need a little bit more than two games. Um, it certainly was impressive, and uh, it certainly warrants mentioning all 11 players on the Bears' defense again. Um, but, uh, much like I, I think Thursday night, uh, with, uh, New Orleans and, uh, Dallas, I think it was a combination of an offense playing poorly and a defense good enough, uh, to take advantage. Yeah. It, it's worth mentioning that the issue is not necessarily that defense doesn't matter. It does matter when the offense is going to allow it to matter, essentially, right? It's the order of operations, what comes first. And it, it's just a, it's a mathematical fact that offense matters more. And I thought this game was actually a really good example of that. And Jared Goff, you know, leading up into this game, the question was trying to prepare for it, well, where, does, where do the Rams struggle? You know, where does Jared Goff struggle? And, uh, it, you know, it really comes down to about 70 or so snaps this season where he's faced you know, either two-man or quarters coverage. And basically, it, teams said, you know, okay, look, we know you're going to run two or three routes. We know we're going to try and get deep down the field. And uh, we're just going to sit back and wait for him. We're not going to worry about the run at all. And we're going to let you try and throw. And he's been unable to do that. And he was woefully unable to do that in this game. Here's my hot take. I think the Rams should run the ball more. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, I do. So, yes, maybe they should have had some like sort of measure of balance. But what I thought was really interesting about the game, knowing Sean McVay and knowing that he understands what wins football games, looking up and saying, you know, this is a guy who clearly went into this game wanting to win. And he knew and very much like he did against Kansas City, he knew to do so. He had to drop back and throw. Um and, and to me, there was no bigger indictment on the running game as a as a concept 
uh, as a process in, in all of football that, you know, knowing one of the smarter coaches, one of the more up and coming uh, guys at the position in the two games that where he played, I think the you know, best offense in the NFL probably. And now it seems like the best defense in the NFL. Uh, he decided to lean on his quarterback uh, for good or, uh, you know, for better or worse. Well, you didn't let me, you, you didn't let me finish. They should have run more jet sweeps is what I was going to say. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That wasn't because we were talking about this basically all week. Right. And then I, and I did notice that they weren't really running that at all. They, Not even jet used, action. They, they only used it a couple times. And look, I, I, I do not think that the reason they lost the game is because they did not run Todd Gurley enough. Let's, let's be very clear there. The second best running back in this game was not the reason the Rams lost, but there well, was Jordan no, Howard. Jordan Howard did kind of rip them up a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> there was no uh, real measure of creativity from the Rams' offense in this game, and I don't know whether that was because Goff was just so awful that they never got an opportunity to to do it. But um, the, the things that I sort of expected to see, which were a couple of wrinkles sort of the, the thing that you kind of always expect when you see the Chiefs uh, play with Andy Reid, they didn't show up. And, and I kept expecting to see a couple jet sweeps. I kept expecting a couple trick plays. And really the only one they pulled out was a well-executed fake punt um, by the aforementioned Johnny Hecker. But the bigger question, you know, is this. Jared Goff came into this game a top five quarterback so far this season. And I've said this a few times, right? The big glaring difference between Goff and Mahomes, if you're trying to make the case for one or the other, is that Mahomes is brilliant outside of structure. When all else fails, when things fall apart, Pat Mahomes is going to make plays. He did so today, right? Jared Goff is the opposite. When when the, when everything isn't perfect, when he doesn't have a ton of protection, when he doesn't sit in a clean pocket and then throw to you know guys that are open within the scheme, he is a disaster. And that was what happened tonight. It, this was it, really interesting. So the quarterback that enjoys the clean, a clean pocket for the longest amount of time per dropback is Jared Goff. He averages 2.7 seconds in a clean pocket per dropback. And that was not the case tonight. <laughs> it was not even close to the case tonight. So... Uh, I think some things to work on for the Rams. And what's interesting is that, you know, we know that clean pocket or clean pocket success is sort of the more stable of the two entities for a quarterback. Um, But there has been debate over whether, you know, Goff is is an anomaly here in that, you know, everybody struggles with a, with a, you know, a messy pocket. Everybody struggles, you know, when, when pressured. Um, But Goff does seem to be somebody who struggles more than most. And it, it might just be one of his, you know, a characteristic of his that is different. Um, and, and I'm not even I'm not even talking necessarily about, OK, the guy is certainly under pressure. Right. I, I'm talking about the the idea that you know there's multiple things that can sort of throw you out of rhythm. Right. And when when everything isn't perfect. Right. That doesn't mean that necessarily he's under pressure, but. You know, a guy gets thrown off his route and he can't hit that first read or that, you know, the play doesn't go perfectly to form. Maybe the maybe the pocket is clean, but it's a little, 
you know, it's, it's closing in a little bit. I think yeah. we saw that a couple of times today. Um, we, we saw some inaccuracy from those two quarterbacks that was alarming. Um, and, and I think, Goff, I think going deep over 20 yards, sorry to cut you off again, but like they were 0 for 5 with three interceptions. Or something. I know. Goff, Goff this season from a, from a pressured pocket is a 40.2 per completion percentage. Obviously some of those things can be drops and everything, but that's, that falls from 73.2 uh, completion percentage with no pressure. Pass rating is less than half uh, of that when he's clean. Uh, you know, and it, it's, it's interesting. If you look at, for example, his rookie season of 2016, where, you know, Jeff Fisher basically ruined him, uh, quote unquote, he actually had a higher completion percentage and uh, just a little bit lower of a passer inning when under pressure. So it certainly uh, it, it opens up tonight, opened or last night, opened up a lot of questions with regard to Jared Goff. What I think it also did is it'll it'll get the, the Twitter trolls away from us with respect to Mitch Trubisky. That is for sure. He was an abomination. And just brutal. And gets a victory for that. Todd Gurley cementing his MVP case with, when he had like 16 rushing yards or something, truly impressive stuff by him. Tree Cohen is really freaking good, by the way. I mean, he he uh, came out atop a our war metric for running backs going into the week. It was a little bit weird, but you look at like his yards per route run. You look at uh, even in the, in the kicking game, he leads the NFL or he led the NFL going into the week in punt return yards. Uh, great great runner when they give him a chance. You know, really. Really a dynamic player, and, and we, what we saw today is he's actually not really just a running back, right? He was playing out of the slot. He was catching like traditional out, you know, speed cut out routes on third and third and short and stuff like that. So he's truly a, a really good offensive weapon. Yeah, it was funny. I told Al about this during our our meeting this morning because Al, being an LA guy, is you know he he loves Todd Gurley, and uh, I was like, Al, I gotta I hate to break it to you, but Tariq Cohen is the most valuable running back in this game. I mean, he was, he was stunned. He was like, tell me more. So I, I kind of walked, you know, talking through it. And, um, so he was looking for it and he saw it tonight. Uh, Cohen was pretty awesome. Okay. Um, let's, let's, if we're going to talk any more about games that happened this week, let's do that as we discuss the upcoming games for week 15, because that's what we're here to do. Here to move on to week 15 and the first game in week 15 is your Chiefs against the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, perhaps the best game of the entire week. And this gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the Ravens-Chiefs uh, game that happened. So why don't you kick this one off? Yeah, this is, this is a great week of NFL football. Not only do we get a Thursday night game, but we get two Saturday games as well. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, look ahead line on this game was four going into the week, uh, on, I think it was like betonline.ag. Um, and then now it's at minus three, three and a half, I see. So it's kind of, it's kind of gone down a little bit after the Chargers, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know, slept walk through a game between the Bengals that we don't really want to talk about. And then, uh, the Chiefs needed a little bit more than regulation to beat a Ravens team that I think is weirdly plucky. So uh, this is basically implying that a 10-3 and 3 team 
uh, is the same as an 11 and two team, uh, because I think Kansas City's home field advantage is worth more than three points. Um, what, what do you think? I, I agree with you there. Here's the crazy thing about Mahomes, uh, in this game. He was under pressure 36 of 57 dropbacks, 63% of the time, um, and still managed to have a, a plus seven, over seven yards per attempt, throw for 377 yards, um, 92 passer rating, uh, and of course a couple of throws that I think will not soon be forgotten. Um, and, you know, Jerry Goff's under pressure 40% of the time, but it felt like 100. That's that's the difference in the two quarterbacks. And I think the difference in the two quarterbacks uh, will not be as drastic, but I, I still think there is a decent one here in this game, and I think it's in favor of Mahomes, and they're also at home. And so I, uh, I'm with you there. Here's the question, though. Ter- Tyreek Hill hurt himself. He was clearly limited um, in that game, still managed to make some – some incredible plays, but turning this around to Thursday, look, we know how darn good Tyreek Hill is. Um, if he, I mean, if he doesn't play, I, there's no way. It, is there? Is there any way they're back in the Chiefs? I can't imagine. So, well, I mean, I don't know against the spread, but the, the funniest thing about the Chiefs this season is it hasn't really mattered, right? So, like, you know. Travis Kelsey was basically carrying that offense on its back, you know, the first half of the game, seven, seven catches, a touchdown, uh, you know, and then Tyreek Hill in the second half of the game carried the, carried the offense. Um, Sammy Watkins has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Demarcus Robinson had five catches in this game. Um, and then, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt left the team, or he was released last week and Spencer Ware puts, you know, average five yards of carry on 15 carries. Thought all five of his targets were 54 yards. It just it's weird because obviously with Alex Smith, it looked like there was a decent amount of talent on that team, and it never really materialized. But now you're seeing you know guys like Chris Conley, guys like Demetrius Harris making plays for the Chiefs. And yeah, I think if Hill was out, that certainly would take away. You know, I, I have images of last season where Tyreek Hill was you know 10 yards behind one of our highest graded corners and Casey Hayward on that Saturday night game, but. Um, you know, Hill only had one catch against the Raiders, and they scored 40 points. So I think Mahomes is just kind of the player that kind of finds the way. Um, and 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 so even though it would be a big blow to them if uh, if Hill were out, I, I think um, you know I think they'll find the way. The interesting part about this game, as you said, he was under pressure more dropbacks than he was clean. This is sort of like the defense doesn't matter slash running backs don't matter parlay. Uh, in this game, uh, hitting. Um, but even then, like the Chiefs just had a really uncharacteristic game. Mitchell Schwartz gave up 10 pressures. He hadn't given up that many pressures cumulatively since week one, right? So uh, it, it's just interesting because I, I just don't really want to doubt the Chiefs given that like almost everything went against them today, including the Hill injury, as you said, and they were still able to pull out the win. Yeah, you, you're not going to get away with uh, comparing the Chargers to the Raiders. Not on my watch. Not here. <laughs> Not here. Uh, look, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I, I just, to me, what you what you said at the end there is exactly what I'm talking about. If you want to get the best of Casey Hayward, who is a good corner, it is bec- it is doing it with speed. It, Tyreek Hill just adds a dimension that, that you don't have a, 
otherwise. And I think a huge part of what allows Pat to be Pat, Fat Pat to be Fat Pat, is that he's got this guy that teams are, you know, freaking out about that just creates a little more space. So when he does roll out, when he extends the play five, six seconds, he either has a guy where he can just put the ball that no one, where no one else can get it, and this guy can run and go get it, and he's also creating space for other guys. So in a game where both these teams are really good, you know, that to me that's the difference maker, right? If if Tyreek Hill can play, I think the Chiefs win this game. I think uh, you know the Chiefs, you know, would be the side I would potentially go on if it were you know a three point game. But if Tyreek Hill's not playing, then it's almost it almost flip flops. Travis Kelsey um, one catch on on four targets in week one. I have to go back and look. I'm assuming that that's the work of Derwin James. Um, that's that's the that's the thing that scares me if I'm you know I am a Chiefs fan, but that that's what scares me if I'm looking to back the Chiefs here uh, is that you know he does have the Chargers defense does have that capability. Um, you know. I think yeah, Hill in week one, seven seven of eight targets, one sixty nine, two touchdowns. So he, it looks like a heel for for Tyreek Hill. Um, so we'll see if he's able to turn this thing around. I know Arrowheads, you know, I, I don't know. Being at home, I I think uh, will help in that in that sense. But you're right, it is it is a huge injury, and I think the Chiefs defense. Um, I think getting to play a traditional offense will really help because it did look like they were. They were out of their element playing Lamar Jackson, but they're certainly not something to to be able to bank upon, uh, you know, because yeah, LA's offense is pretty good. Yes. Uh, by the way, on my bookie currently, it is Chargers plus three and a half at minus one fifteen. So um, I think that that actually seems like where that seems like about where things went, unless there's a bunch of injury news. Shockingly, the Kareem Hunt. Uh, loss, not not impacting the Chiefs at all. I can't believe it. I'm I mean, it's 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 uncanny. <laughs> it really is. All right. Uh, I I feel bad not saying anything about the Ravens, but um, I, here's a question for you: Where does uh, Joe Flacco play next year? Oh man. Well, he kind of looks like Bortles, right? It's that was exactly what I was going to say. Welcome to Jacksonville, baby. <laughs> so, I mean, can you imagine? I can't wait for, like, a team. So, like, if you go to, like, Jacksonville next year in training camp, is it just, like, Bortles, Manning, and Teddy competing for the starting spot? No, I don't think Teddy's going anywhere. I think they're cutting Blake. So, I think just I think they just bring Flacco in and they say, look, take the reins, baby. Teddy's going to stay an extra year for his PhD. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think the Saints are going to just get rid of Teddy. To be honest, with you. I mean, I, he I don't seemed, know why they would either. He, do you remember when we were drawing our, our graphs of quarterbacks and their like types and everything and looking at clusters? Teddy was like the poor man's breeze. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Peyton's doing the same math that we were. The other thing is, if they keep him another year and sort of show, hey, we like this guy, that just drives the price up. It is it does. It's like you know, it's it's like that guy who like no one no women find attractive until he actually has a girlfriend. And then like it's a great 
And, Great comparison. And then all of a sudden, uh, all the all the girls flock to him, and he's like lamenting to his buddies. So if you if you were like a not so good looking dude, you could not. Uh, you had no game whatsoever. You you would it would behoove you to try and convince some really attractive girl. Be like, look, I'll, you know, we'll quid pro quo here. Just hang out. Who are you in math? Yeah, uh, that's that's smart. I never thought of that, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, some people. I mean, it's not like Fat Pat needed that. Needed that. No. So you know, people certainly not. Gridiron Heights, by the way, nails his voice. It's pretty great. <laughs> uh, okay, enough of uh, dating advice from us. <laughs> not, I can't imagine many people listening to this podcast for dating advice, but uh, you know, I, I think imagine. everybody who listens to this podcast is 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 uh, has their bases covered there. Uh, by the way, Bachelor is going to be the worst season ever. I've already scouted. It's a, it's an atrocity, an absolute atrocity. The rhinos and it, it's Noah's Ark, two of each on board the Ark. <laughs> it is a disaster. All right, Houston, the Fighting Texans traveling to New York, the Meadowlands to face the Jets. Houston turns out not quite as unstoppable a force as we thought or as others thought. We liked the Colts quite a bit. The Colts ended up winning, not just covering. Uh, but that does not keep Houston from being a seven-point touchdown favorite over Sam Darnold and the Jets, who just beat the, uh, the Buffalo Bills in one hell of a game. I did not watch a single play of that game. Thank God. I may, it makes no sense because Greenline had at one point in the week the Jets not only ATS but money line, and you and I were like, "Ah oh, man, the Jets are dead." There's no, you know, like as we go, you know, which picks to print, and uh, you know, they they played a good game. Yeah, call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I don't know if we could say played a good game. I don't know if that happens for the Jets. Uh, seven is saying the Texans are 10 points better than the Jets on a neutral field. <sighs> that that does feel a shade high, but the this, second the second that you buy into the Jets, they just kick you right in the butt. I know, man. We we one of our uh, win totals this year was Jets over and even though they only are at 4 wins, it does seem like they could have like they could have beat Tennessee last week. They could have beaten Miami, the you know in Miami, uh, I don't you know they, the Jets have been poor this year despite having one of the weaker schedules in the NFL. I think Houston, you know Houston comes back here probably plays pretty well. Um, that being said, I don't know it, it's weird because I think Houston's something of a paper champion. I'm glad that they lost to Indianapolis because I think it keeps like the AFC sort of ordered well in my opinion. Um, but I, I don't think I could back the dog here, especially now that it seems like it's about six and a half in some places uh, for in favor of Houston. I think that this is trying to entice people to bet on Houston, which I don't think I could do either. Uh, I don't know, man. The Jets are proving, because one one sample is enough, the Jets are proving that trading up is for losers. That is how you lose. You trade up. Um, There's a question from the dark web. Actually, it's just a statement from the dark web. 
uh, by Ian Kenyon of uh, SB Nation or, or uh, Bleacher Report or something like that, said, I'd rather have Saquon Barkley than Sam Darnold, and so should you. I, I don't know who Ian Kenyon is, but I am painting a picture of him in my mind right now. It is not pretty. That is uh, that is an abortion of a take. And, uh, yeah. But, but, look, it takes – if it weren't for people like that, then uh, it would it would be much harder for any fun. to get rich. Wouldn't be yeah. any fun. Um, though maybe the financial crisis wouldn't have happened. Um, oh. The – Jets, the Jets could really use um, the extra picks. There is, uh, there is no doubt about it. And um, the, the other thing, the other reason you don't trade up is that you just don't know, right? You don't. And uh, there's no way that they would be in a worse off place with Josh Rosen, maybe even with Josh Allen, who – yeah, has not been great, but, um, you know, runs the ball well, obviously, adds that little bit. And even Lamar Jackson, who, look, we didn't talk about him that much. He was not great under pressure, but from a clean pocket, he was far better than I expected. And I think what he's doing is similar to what Deshaun Watson is doing, which is the threat of the run forces you to do some things in coverage and with your defense that open up throws that just normally aren't there. You know, you can't just buckle down and play man because he, if he scrambles, he'll just eat you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's like a valid thing, you know. And uh, so, I don't know, hey, week 17, Cleveland at Baltimore, Baker, Lamar, could be, a, could be an important game, could be a Sunday night football game is all I'm going to say. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I can't. I can't tell you what sort of a rating bonanza that would be, but it would be something special. Browns at Broncos. Um, I feel like there is going to be a bit of a discrepancy here between where the number is and where we're at. Yeah, so it's look ahead line with six in favor of Denver. Denver goes on the road, gets handled pretty pretty heavily against San Francisco struggling without the services of their best corner, best receiver, uh, give, give up 210 yards in the first half of the game to a tight end in the, in the passing game. Uh, this, and Cleveland goes on the, or go, well, this is why I hate when, when home teams wear white. Cleveland was at home <laughs> and, and beat, uh, Carolina, uh, and came back from behind, played a pretty dang good game. Uh, Baker Mayfield probably made the throw of the year throwing a corner route into double coverage to Jarvis Landry, who had a great game. Uh, the throw of the year? Come on. Did you see the throw? Yeah. You, did you, do you think I was going to make that claim without seeing the throw? I'm just saying, how about non-Pat Mahomes throw of the year? Oh, I'm – right. So, interestingly, I've, I've always – because in the offseason, I was giddy about Pat Mahomes – and you always like shot me down and was like, you're a homer. And so everything Pat Mahomes does, I sort of like look at it through the, your lens, which is like, oh, he should be doing this. So when, when somebody like Mayfield makes an absolute dime, I guess, I don't know. But yeah, so he made a great throw. He had a great game. The Cleveland defense, the Cleveland defense played well after an initial struggle. Now this line is minus three and a half in favor of Denver, saying basically Cleveland and Denver are the same team 
uh, in a neutral field because we know that Denver's home field advantage is slightly bigger than three. That's crazy, but I, I don't disagree with it, honestly. Yeah, I don't either. I think this is probably a, a good place to stay away. The market is obviously going to be quick to jump on the Browns and to jump far away from Case Keenum. Uh, you know, Denver is such a weird team because at home, it's just they're just different, right? They kind of suck overall. <laughs> yes. But uh, but they have the, the 12th man in mile high. So this is one that I think – Three and a half sounds about right. We'll see. We'll see where the the number ends up when everything settles. I could see, I could see the math liking Cleveland, uh, given that they have the better quarterback and they'll be getting points. But it would be tough for me to take Greg Williams and the Browns on the road. Yeah, the the Philip Lindsay aspect of it is, you know, one of those where I think Cleveland did have issues in the passing game to McCaffrey today and and on the ground. Um, that would be the only thing that would make me hesitate a little bit. But um, and with the altitude and everything, I do think Denver gets to play the game the way they want to when they're at home, which is probably why, as you said, they're not very good. But then they do play a plus type of game there. So. Uh, interesting. That's an interesting one. I'm glad these the Saturday games aren't great, but they're not like they're not Tennessee versus Jacksonville bad. Let's let's hope it's never that bad again. That was. I mean, listen, listen. This is the first year that Thursday night football has been bad at times. I'm I'm assuming the NFL will will correct itself in the future. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, we know that they learn. They live and they learn. All right, let's try and knock some of these crappy games out of the way since we are taking a nice check of time. Um, I guess Oakland Cincinnati would would qualify. As a we need game. honestly, we need the Bengals to win this game for the over five and a half wins. I don't think the Bengals are going to win their their last two games, and so what seemed like a lock at five and two is no longer. Uh, Bengals are three-point favorites. It's down from four and a half. Oakland beat. So Pittsburgh is uh, – the teams that are 10-point favorites on the road uh, since Tomlin has been the head coach are 60 and 11 straight up. Four of those 11 losses are Steelers under Tomlin. I have no, I have no comment. Yeah, so <laughs> – I have nothing else to say there. Go Bengals. Speaks for itself. Uh, the – the Raiders coming off of a large win on the road in the natty. I'm looking at where they're going to be. You playing. just don't come into the jungle <laughs> fat and happy. You don't just walk in there and come out with a win. Uh, but the, the Jeff Driscoll's should not be favored. Um, he was, he was plucky today. They almost okay. they had a chance to tie the game. All right. Plucky and minus three. That's what you're dealing with. Yep. Uh, I guess I would, if forced, would take the Bengals. God help us all. Yep. Uh, Tampa Bay at Baltimore. The Tampa Bay Bucks are unraveling. Um, I'm assuming Lamar Jackson's still playing here. Look at line was seven. It is now eight. Uh, this is in Baltimore after what was very, you know, kind of tossing in there for the Ravens. Um, I, Lamar got hurt, but it seemed like you, you know, you would be able to get back next week. The only thing is, if it's an ankle, 
obviously the mobility is a big, uh, you know, it's a big thing for him. Um, seven is a lot. Eight is eight is a lot. Um, Tampa Bay looked very good defensively for much of that game. Uh, tackled well. At two consecutive games at home, they looked pretty smut. They they looked pretty smothering of Carolina. The wheels kind of fell off uh, at in the second half, starting with that Taysom Hill block punt. I think I think Tampa I, emptied the tank against those two teams. You pulled the words directly out of my mouth. That is exactly what I was going to say. And for that reason, the Ravens are the right pick. Dallas at Indy. This is actually a good game uh, between a dominant defense. Actually, the Dallas offense has found uh, something, which is that if you play against a team that literally could not cover uh, a traffic cone, you can have success. Uh, and that is what happened when they played the Eagles, who are disgustingly bad, just atrociously bad. Why they play man coverage and let their corners get dismantled, I do not know. Uh, I don't know. Is number 41 like Anthony Averitt or something? Is that his name? No, it, I don't it's – uh, He was 41. He, he, he was on the Chiefs. Devontae Bosby. Okay, well, he didn't – I don't think he once saw the ball. He played well, many snaps, but, and I don't think he once saw the ball. Do you, know, do you know why they played man coverage, though? Because I think that they dared – so as 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 productive as the Dallas passing game was, how many wide – so Dak Prescott throwing deep left was 0 for 3 with a pick. He was 3 for 5 for 130 yards and two touchdowns throwing deep right. Those two incompletions were wide open misses. Like the Dak up quarterback was really like – obviously, you know, and even the throw he made that like – it like hit Rasul Douglas before it was caught for a touchdown. I think Philly was making a calculated risk that that Dak would just throw them the ball in, an, in, in you know in an inopportune time. And I actually don't hate that approach against him, um, but it ended up backfiring. Obviously, it did. Uh, so the look ahead here was this is in Indy. Um, I was about to say the city of brotherly love. Not quite. Uh, the city of coldness and despair. Steakhouses as well. Nice combo. This was a pick'em. It is now after Indy's impressive win against the Texans. The Colts by three. Now, if it were a pick'em, I will tell you right now that I was going to be, as usual, a, a big Colts fan. Three... I am a little more hesitant. Um, what do you think? Can I be upfront? Now that the Colts have gone over six and a half wins, uh, I couldn't care less about them. Um, I'm just kidding. No, the at three, three is too much of an overreaction, right? Yes. So I'm either I'm either going Dallas or 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 pass on this one. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. For it to move three is is a lot. And this is this is the market coming back to where we thought Indy was and then exceeding that because they love the well, Texans so much. Well this is I mean, this is a classic, right? So the look ahead line at negative at, at Pickham is basically saying, Well, Indy was on a five game winning streak or whatever it was, 
and then four-game winning streak, and then lost to a, a Jaguars team that could that got drilled by Tennessee. Okay, how good it, could Indy be, right? And then they cut like this is a yo-yo of a of a of a an understanding. If you take this spread two two weeks ago, it's minus three, right? And and we just see it coming back to reality because Indianapolis just played a bad game against Jacksonville as teams that are you know average teams do, and then you know they come back to the pack here. Everyone's. Uh, I don't think there's been a team that hasn't played a bad game this year. Maybe Kansas City, the Chiefs, maybe the Chiefs. I think I I think even the Chargers haven't. I mean, you can count maybe they're winning. You know, some of their you can count today's win against the Bengals as a bad game. Their win against the Niners, but like no team has played. You know, a lot of teams have played games as bad as the Jacksonville losing you know six nothing or beating uh, Indy six nothing. Detroit at Buffalo. This no. game sucks. No. Uh, Detroit. Detroit struggle bust their way through uh, Arizona this week. Yeah, this game was a disaster. Uh, at minus two and a half, uh, I don't. That beats me, man. I, I, Josh I Allen is as good as Mr. Trubisky, though. He's better. Yeah, I probably I would rather have Josh Allen than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I don't know. He runs. He's like he's like the first top ten running back I think that adds value per the, uh, at a per pick basis. The best part about Mitch Trubisky is that he dresses like he is filming a Peaky Blinders episode. That's the best part about him. Uh, Packers. You don't know what Peaky Blinders is? No. Uh, you should look it up while we're doing this, and I'll know that you've looked it up because you'll laugh. <laughs> uh, Packers at Bears, just an epic game between two dynasties here. Um, the Packers, uh, sorry, the Bears were six-point favorites. They're now four-point favorites, and I assume that is because the Packers beat a dead horse, or a dead bird, rather, at home, which is the Falcons. Um, beat them to death. And I think people, of course, will remember the Packers sort of, you know, I don't know what the best word is, but just like coming over the top on little brother in, in week, uh, week one. Week one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's six. I well, would like the Packers. The Packers, best. the Packers offense is not as good as the Rams. The Rams are only able to muster, Six points in Chicago. We know this NFL defense dictates everything. So the Packers probably, what, three points? Yeah, but here's the thing. I, the, uh, you know, as we talked about with Jared Goff, Jared Goff is like woefully unprepared to play in that sort of situation. Aaron Rodgers might be better at it. Um, you know, than just like the normal situation, right? Where he's sort of, up against it, has to create. Um, and this was such a – here's the other thing. The Packers' win against the Falcons is not that big of a win. The, the Falcons suck. They, the Packers had to win that game. The Bears' win against the Rams is a, oh, we belong win, you know? So they're going to yep. be feeling themselves all week long. Um, Seems like a lot of work. The Packers come in. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, and then the Packers come in. Um, and I don't know, four, four is a little short, but I think that's the side I would, I would lean towards. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think Green Bay is, is still very much, you know, I think Green Bay is still very much a fraud. Chicago st- could be as well, but I don't know that, that one I kind of want nothing to do with either. I'm not, I'm not going to buy that the Bears are, the Bears defense is, you know, something to be feared to the point where you're ignoring who the quarterback is on the other side, based on the fact that they got roasted by Eli Manning. Yeah, and just two Detroit, weeks, just last. And the Detroit Lions, a defense for the ages, also made Jared Goff look pretty terrible. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would, I think I would say if I were setting the line here, I would go uh, Chicago three and a half. All right, Tennessee at New York, G men. This game sucks. Also. Uh, look ahead was one and a half giants now favored by two and a half. Hey, we, when you can, when you can beat the combination of Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson on the road, you garner a one point non key number move. Anything else to say about this game? I mean, we want the Tennessee Titans to win because we want the giants under to finally hit, but yeah, other than that, no. I want the Titans to win because I would like to go to Nashville week 17. I want to see Colts Titans week 17 for that for the playoff spot in the flex, baby. Let's do it. Uh, if I had to take a side of this game, I would take the one that Elon Manning is not playing on. Yeah. Without Beckham. I mean, it obviously didn't matter today, but Washington's dead. So, uh, Beckham injured. Did you watch any of that game? I, I actually have always kind of liked the idea of Josh Johnson, but he hasn't played since 2011. So I actually did tune in a little bit when he actually was on the football field. Uh, and he like led, led a couple like drives, but other than that, no. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is because there were maybe 25,000 people in the stadium, like in the first quarter. Uh, no one went to that game. Washington, in, uh, Washington can Washington. be a dark, dark place. Yeah, no kidding. Um, speaking of, Washington is at Jacksonville. Next, uh, Arizona. <laughs> I can't believe how bad both those teams are. They should, they should sell both those franchises to one person, let them fire everyone, and then just start an expansion team wherever they want. <laughs> <laughs> where, where would you put an expansion team? So if if that were to happen, if they were to sell Washington and Jacksonville franchises uh, and then relocate them, where would be the ideal place? Uh, L.A. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> San Diego. Well, I mean, like go somewhere where they don't have a football team like Detroit uh, or, um, you know, Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, honestly, you're on fire. <laughs> like I would, I would do what the what the NBA did, man. Like Portland is a good place. Obviously, Oklahoma City could probably support a team. Um, uh, you know, I, right? I mean, I think those would be kind of fun places. 
honestly, Canada, it would be would like or Toronto, Vancouver, yeah. like that. Um, I, I think Mexico those are, City, Mexico good field. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what was worse, Mexico City's field or the field that we played on in flag football the last two weeks? <laughs> uh, it'd be a toss-up, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, this game, this game is, I can, I can totally see Josh Johnson like playing the game, but I could also see this game ending like three nothing, and like. This game is going you know, to have Josh Johnson and Cody Kessler starting in it on purpose. You know what? I can't see anything because if I had to envision this game, my my eyes would uh, cease to see. I, yeah. Cardinals at Falcons. This game might no. be worse. The Falcons. Yeah. We're, let's. Yeah. Suck. Let's pull uh, one out for the Falcons. Arizona uh, managed three points against the Detroit Lions defense. Which which team is next year's Falcons? That well, that was a question that we uh, and I let me write. What did I write down? Is you know what you know what team I think it is? I think it's Seattle. Wow, because that's not a bad call. Because I think Seattle's much like the Falcons last year, kind of overachieving. Um, Falcons, you know, I don't think you looked a little deeper. Probably shouldn't have been as good as they were, um, even though our numbers like them. Uh, I think same thing, like we're very quarterback centric, so we're obviously going to like Wilson, but Seattle's defense is not as kind of like leaked the last few weeks. It just hasn't mattered because they played like the Niners, uh, and teams like that. Um, I think, I think that's a good option. Also, Pittsburgh and New England, those teams eventually have to fall off a cliff, much like Atlanta did this year. Yeah. The answer, I think, is Pittsburgh. Um, Seattle, speaking of. Goes to San Francisco. Nick Mullins is a uh, force to be reckoned with at home. Oh, modern day Steve Bono. Yes. Uh, Seahawks were favored by seven. They're now favored by four and a half. People feeling bold about the Nick Mullins show in San Francisco. Uh, four and a half seems a little light given how bad the Niners really are. What are your well, thoughts? And and your friend uh, Oscar Aparicio at all talking about the elegant tank. The the Niners very much tried the elegant tank, right? They were up what twenty to nothing. Uh, that game got to twenty to fourteen. I believe Denver had the ball with a, sh- a real shot. Denver like missed like four fourth and threes in that game, um, and. So, like, the Niners, the Niners very much do not want to win these games. Um, and through sheer, like, talent level, like, Grit. George Kittle being better than almost every tight end in the league, uh, a defense that's trying pretty hard, they end up, like, lucking into some of these games. Um, what tight end is better than George Kittle? Travis Kelsey is better than George okay. Kittle. That's, uh, Gronk, that's if you take false. away his free safety snaps, I think is a little bit better. Um, Gronk, if you take away five years and no, I actually don't believe in Gronk. I just want to take a shot at his like you talk about flag football. That's like he he turned his hips worse than I do on the field. That was a, an abomination of a play uh, at the end there for the Patriots. That was. 
disgusting. I mean, like that was like a classic example of just trying to be cute and like. Can you can you explain this to me? What is 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 Bill Belichick actually trying to expose Gronk to give him an excuse, give Belichick himself an excuse to say, "Look, sit down because you are fat." And injured, and the countless off seasons of not taking care of yourself and being a moron have come back to roost, and <laughs> you look like a a beat up offensive tackle trying to chase. Well, if you were if you were trying, there's if no you were, reason to put him back there. Well, I think what it is is like the probability of that play hitting is so low. That he probably pesters the coach about playing defense. And so, okay, fine. You I'm, think Gronk pesters the coach about playing defense? Yes. He eats no. Tide Pods. <laughs> there is no way he eats, Gronk he, is like, He hey, eats, man, he eats clothes soap, man. Like there's Exactly. He's not – there are not thoughts going well, here, through here's the Here's the galaxy brain version of this whole thing. If you wanted to quit or get, or get ushered out and coach the Browns next year, you put Gronk at free safety – with 75 yards and Ryan Tannehill on one leg. What, so you can get fired? No, no, so that Robert Kraft doesn't, you know, you, 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 you're such a bad boyfriend that she breaks up with you, which is what you want all along. Yeah, that's what I said, so that you get fired. I mean, like, not getting I fired. guess it's amicable, though. Like, make it, am- like, don't make the guy, you know, don't make it look like you were a jerk. Make it look, am- like, when Harbaugh left the Niners, right? You're, you're grasping. I, okay. I love your dedication. I love it. I think you're grasping. I think, I honestly think it's to expose Gronk because even if you were trying to defend a Hail Mary, you deserve, you need to be checked. Josh Gordon's on your team. He's big and athletic. Gronk is just big. I don't know what is Gronk's doing on the field. Like, Devin McCourty think, is an all pro safety. He's not on the field on that play. Gronk would need a would need a cannon to jump over a toothpick at this point. Um, New England at Pittsburgh. If let's, let's go ahead and assume that uh, big Ben is playing. Speaking of big and unathletic. Ben and Gronk are the same athleticism at this point. They're the same person. Do they have the same moral code? Uh, No, because Gronk is too dumb uh, to have a moral code. Gronk exists in in beautiful <laughs> Gronk exists in a lower dimensional space. It's he just floats in a cloud, except that the cloud doesn't float anymore. Um, where would you put this line if Ben is playing? Oh man, I think honestly, if they have like a representable effort against the Raiders, I put it at Pittsburgh minus. Two and a half, because I don't think New England's been strong as a road team this year. Given that Pittsburgh's on a three-game losing streak and otherwise just bad, I make it a pick em. That's where I was going to go, too. It's tough because of how terrible New England looked in Miami defensively. Um, but I think that was a – that. The issue with that game was not that New England always struggles in Miami. It's that it was a huge trap game, and we did not see that, which was unfortunate. Uh, but going Minnesota, Miami, Pittsburgh, 
it's easy to spot the trap there and, and they got trapped and yeah. um, sitting inside of it. Uh, so I think, I think a pick them is, I, I think a pick them is fair. Um, I, if Ben is playing and is healthy, I think this actually gets set at like one. Um, with him, here's a decent question. Given how Ben has played this year, does him having a broken rib actually make this make it uh, make Pittsburgh a better team? I mean, possibly, right? Because uh, he hasn't played well this year. Like, yeah, Smith Schuster has been terrific. Brown at times. Uh, the running backs, all seven of them have been generational, uh, weirdly. Um, and it just seems like Big Ben is just kind of sloppy all year. Um, I think that they schemed better than he's played. So maybe if he, like, was more mortal uh, at physically, it would, you know, imply, you know, better play on his part. The, the thing about New England that I think is is troubling was how how – Ryan Tannehill just moved that offense up and down the field and how much of that was on the ground with, with, uh, Francis Gore. Uh, and, uh, so Bolden, Brandon Bolden and Brandon Bolden too. I, with the big plays. So, um, I don't know. It's it, 45. It does seem like new England always kind of like tightens up defensively when they have to and, and takes away like the best option. Um, and, but Pittsburgh has so many of them that I do think that they'll be able to stay above water. And as you said, if, if Roethlisberger was even a little bit, um, I don't know, if he tightens up his play a little bit, this could be an interesting one. Very similar to probably the one we saw last year in Pittsburgh. Tighten up, a great Black Keys song. Philly, in Los Angeles, is a Sunday night game. This was maybe the game. Is this still uh, the Sunday night game? Do we know? It is. Don't do that to me. It is still the Sunday night game. Okay. They cannot flex uh, out of it um, this late. It has to be done more than a week in advance. Uh, so happy for you. You get to go back to L.A. Yeah. If they if they like pulled a fast one and all of a sudden we were heading to Indy, I would not be pleased. Buffalo? Detroit Buffalo? Yeah, not pleased. I'm very excited to go back to L.A. where I have where I lived for quite some time. I'm excited. Salt, for salt and straw. Oh, I'm just going to have so much food. All of the food. Um, Philly is about as bad of a Super Bowl champion as you can imagine. It's just from top to bottom. Like everything just does not, has not worked for that team. How they're like, so we love Doug Peterson, blah, blah, blah. How you're, you're five for five on two point conversions this year. You are very good at them. You, you score with like a minute left. And like that whole drive was a makeup call for Dallas Goddard, right? That play that got called back. <laughs> and, and you don't go for two. I mean, are, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't get it. Cause then you, you basically allow Dallas to take – if Dallas kick, d- kicks a field goal in that first overtime drive, it's over. They took eight minutes of the 10-minute overtime before the Cooper play, right? Like, 
Philly's better than that. I, I just don't get why, you know, what, what was, you know, the inspiration for kicking it, especially because your field goal kicker had already missed an extra point in that game. Yeah, and you sucked all season. Right. You're, you have a chance to square it up with Dallas on one play, and you and you opt to play a derivative game that whose outcome is is directly connected to a flip of a coin, literally. That that made me think, maybe for one of the first times, maybe all of this like, oh, Doug Peterson's ahead of the game last season was a little bit of luck. It was sort of well, uh, their fourth down variance was huge last year. There, as we said on this podcast, we said you know they still run the ball too much on second and long. You know there there are places where they were not analytically sound. Obviously, Wentz was terrific on third and long. He was terrific under pressure, right? Those things had to, like, come back to earth. And and so I think – I don't think Doug Peterson's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think we probably need to reevaluate uh, our podcast and our love for him because that was that was a very, very strange decision for him not to go for the, – the only, the only thing that I could see was that he didn't want Dallas to be aggressive on their last drive of regulation. But Dallas – Give Jason Garrett credit. He learned from the embarrassment that was the Houston Dallas Sunday night football game. Like, uh, 100%. Like, that was a long fourth and one. That was, you know, he was aggressive. They didn't, they didn't get in field goal range. They didn't make the field goal, but he was aggressive, even though there was a tie game going into, uh, you know, the end of regulation. Like, give him credit because he certainly, and he's not working with brilliance at the quarterback position because Dak, Missed a ton of open throws uh, in, in that game, but they somehow managed to. I mean, they're going to win that division. It's going to save him his job and probably help out a lot of teams that are looking for a coach, particularly the Cleveland Browns. Um, it was funny when that fourth down came up, everyone watching it because it was a Sunday night game where he did not go for it. The hush <laughs> fell over everyone in the. Uh, Everyone in the production truck wondering what he was going to do. And I, of course, had to just mention that it was a pretty long one. Very long. It was more than a yard. You know, it was like a yard and a third or something like that. But he did learn. New Orleans at Carolina, six and a half points. I guess we should say Philly, seven and a half, now eight and a half uh, point underdogs in Los Angeles. I could not see a situation in which the spread would be too big for me to think the Rams were the right side. I think, and this was eight and a half, I think pregame uh, Sunday night. So I'm, I'm assuming it comes back down, which is sort of perfect. Uh, if you want to fade the one game or two game in the case of the Rams variance. So yeah, uh, I like the Rams there too. Carolina. So we go, go to Carolina, New Orleans. So Carolina was a team that we liked. They're under nine wins. And much like the Colts, we like their over six and a half wins. Those are two teams who's that for the, for which that win total seemed dead like two months ago. And both of them, India has gone over their win total. Carolina is at least pushing under nine. Those have been two teams that have really turned it around in sort of opposite directions, uh, unexpectedly. Yeah. It's weird because we were talking about how Nor Turner and Cam Newton, yeah. both you know, had this like weird but effective marriage. And now 
I don't know, man. It's strange. It's it's really weird what's happening there. Um, I remember looking at the schedule maybe a month ago and thinking, man, New Orleans, Carolina, two two games last three weeks. This is going to be incredible. I, is this is this it for Ron Rivera and Carolina? It could, yeah, and and even to maybe like extend it a little further, is it it for? Uh, you know, the, the Cam Newton era. I mean, I, you know, Newton's played. I can't imagine. Newton, Newton today had a clean pocket on 34 of his 45 attempts. He generated a 69.0 pass rating, 6.6 yards per attempt. Win clean. Uh, he actually had a better pass rating when, when pressured. Um, the defense to me has been the, the big key though, right? Cause we've seen games where Cam's played poorly and we've seen games where Cam's played well and it didn't really matter. But defensively is really where we've seen them sort of take a step back. Dante Jackson, their, I believe first round pick, a second round pick gave up 104 yards in coverage, uh, today. A uh, big play to Brashad Perriman, weirdly. Captain Munderland has struggled in the slot. Uh, James Bradbury, uh, you know, has had his ups and downs. I think. You know, they can very much be had defensively, um, which is not, you know, generally been the case for them. And over the last few weeks, I think that's really where we've seen, uh, you know, them not play well. In, in hindsight, give it, them giving up almost 50 points to Pittsburgh seems like a really black eye now that Pittsburgh isn't seemingly that good. Kim Newton back-to-back really bad, bad games. I just don't think you can move on from him because I don't know where you go from there. The chances of you getting a quarterback that can generate as much value as Cam Newton um, anywhere else is you'd have not, to you'd have to be able, you'd have to dangle him out and and trade him to a team that's extremely desperate for for competence at the position. They're desperate. I mean, honestly, Jacksonville would probably be a team. That, that you could get something for because Jacksonville, wow. I think, is desperate to, Jacksonville is desperate to be relevant in that market or in London, depending upon how you look at it. And, and Cam is a, you know, a very solid figurehead, I think, for a franchise. Seems like a great okay. guy. Let's build, let's build this trade. So Jalen Ramsey and a one, a one. Is that enough? Well, Probably not. Right? Let me let me do a little mathematics, George, right now. So let me. Um, Three forty in the morning. You're doing math. Well, I just gotta look at the war values. Filter war player. Okay, bro. This is. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I think Ramsey hasn't played nearly as well this season as he has, but I do th- I do like him as a prospect. Um. Right, I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, Ramsey, Ramsey and a one. Ramsey and a one actually seems a little short, to be honest. Okay, what do you think? I mean, I I would say it would have to be. I think Ramsey and Ramsey and at least a couple picks. One of them has to be a number one. Yeah, I mean, the other part of it is that Cam Newton is making. Twenty-one million dollars, and Ramsey's on a rookie deal. And Ramsey's on a rookie deal. Um, based, I just based on we obviously like corners more than most. 
So we're going to overrate it a bit. I mean, um, but maybe if you go, maybe if you go Ramsey and you know one other one other defensive piece, they obviously have a ton. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Maybe you go like Ramsey and. I don't know, Ngakwe, Miles Jack, I don't know. So, it's hard to trade players, team. but yeah. The, yeah. the Rams, the reason I looked is that Ramsey this season hasn't graded as well, and hence his war is substantially lower than Newton. But a season ago, Ramsey's war, and this shows the, the instability of cornerbacks, Ramsey's war was actually higher than Newton's in 2017. So, I don't know. I think, I think Newton brings a lot more to a franchise than just his on the field stuff. Um, and I think that's why Jacksonville popped into my head because I think that, that Jacksonville not only needs a good product on the field, but they also need something off the field uh, to get people interested in that franchise because it just seems to be hanging by a thread. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that. So Cam Newton to the Jaguars, uh, if you can come up with a good trade, let us know. It is now 3.40 in the morning. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a great idea for 3.40 in the morning, George. Jesus Christ. A good idea would be for us to go to sleep. Hopefully you guys had a good week 14, but we're on to week 15, and we'll see you guys on Thursday. Peace out. In the dark you shine.